Uh, he came to our, our family of, of faith back in 2006. <laughs> and this card is a reminder of the first time he ever visited us. <laughs> He's in Amarillo now with his family working, so they're going to work in Amarillo. But we have a record. This is like a time capsule. <laughs> Um, also in this is notes, like preaching notes. Let me, let me just read one of these. It's so great. Um, courageous, omnipotent. <laughs> power. I'm, a, I'm just going to warn y'all, I am preaching from an overflowed cup. Uh, it's not me. I have an amazing week with my father. And I'm going to cry. So just heads up. Omnipotent, powerful Savior. Christ underlined. What's she going to do when it comes for you? That's what's written next. <laughs> and then the sweetest little note that said, I would like a Bible with my name on it for Christmas. I've never had one. So, that's what I did. That's what I did. And then, um, wow. Any, any of the old guard choir members here? This is the lyrics to Pastor Solo of It's Still the Cross. Uh, if you're not familiar with that song, really good. He sang the solo quite well. <clears throat> this, uh, to the senior adults in the room, and I need somebody in here to report to Randy and Claire for me, because I have been accused of this so many times in my life, but I did not steal this songbook. <laughs> It was in the pulpit, okay? I didn't take it. It was in the pulpit. Alright? Uh, and yeah. A little, little side story. Uh, we talked about a lot of side stories uh, last week at Barnum, which, is, by the way, a report to you. It was an amazing time of fellowship to see probably 60 plus people sign their charter in Barnum. If you don't know what's going on, uh, Pastor and I were gone here from last week. We were in Barnum, Texas, where they are starting Anchor Baptist Church in Barnum. They started it last week. Had 60, over 60 people sign their charter. Yeah. God be glorified. Uh, they also, they don't have hymns. So they, uh, they didn't have, they remember the story, Nancy, meeting at first, and having to carry the white ones everywhere we went. And they were loaned, they were given to us. When we first started, guys, we met at a funeral home. That was our primary place. We met at Glenn and Nancy's house. We met at Lucy Park, where Pastor said. We met, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the weird places. But some of like the youth group, guys, you, you have this double door and a nice TV with laptop. You know, the first youth to make a Baptist church sometimes would show up for Sunday school, there was a dead body in the room. Like in a coffin, ready for a funeral. I don't know what you're teaching on that day, but I go straight to the cross. Just go to the cross. He's helped you. Okay. Uh, indoctrination. This is a movie at night we did three years ago for uh, our school family and for any families that wanted to come. It's, uh, it's a really good movie. It's on YouTube. I used to be anyway. Uh, it's just public schools and a lot of the time Christianity. It's a great movie. Uh, and then there's a there's a Bible. Uh, I sent this picture to Steve this morning because this is Steve's Bible. <laughs> and, uh, I sent him a picture. I was like, man, look at that dusty Bible. <laughs> don't you know? Uh, don't you know? At some moment, there was like a marital fight. Like, What'd you do with my Bible? <laughs> if you know Steve, there was. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But he's like every one of those men. They're like, you lost it. You're holding. Okay. Right. But guys, there, there was a lot that came out. 
Uh, it was a lot that came out that just went in the trash. It, it just wasn't worth. It just wasn't worth sharing. Memorize scripture like it was nothing. And the Lord revealed to me that's because that's how I've been treating it. There's a quote from uh, my cousin who I spent this weekend with. I used to memorize scripture like it was nothing. And then the Lord revealed to me that's because that's how I have been. I know we all have different stories. That's the uniqueness of the body of Christ. That to me is this tapestry of beauty of what God does. Is that He doesn't take the same people with the same hurts and the same problems and then put us together in marching formation and say, go advance the kingdom. No, I don't know. He invites people from different stories and different backgrounds and different pasts who all think they're right and encourages them and invites them to join him in advancing the kingdom and then shows them that he's right. I confess to you this morning I've been guilty of this painful sin treating God's word like it meant nothing to me. God's word for much of my life has been viewed more as a textbook than as the living, breathing word of Almighty God. And when coupled together with no real sense of accountability, no real sense of discipleship, it turned me into a cynical, sarcastic officer of the theology police. Ready to point my flashlight of dogma onto flaws in anyone I can see. And even pull the weapon of my tongue that James talks about. And argue doctrines to the death of friendships and further gospel opportunities. Where my mission statement was taken loosely from the sentiments of a real country song because it was before the end of the 90s. That was <laughs> You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. If you're hearing, Jeremy, we don't need to contend for the faith. Jeremy, doctrine doesn't matter. If that's what you're hearing me you say. You're, you're largely missing what I'm speaking to you this morning. so sick of my friend Laura Robinson using but God and me. I know Carl does. <laughs> Jason's like, somebody get the witness. <laughs> so much of my life I didn't rest in that. I rested in what I knew. What do I know? 
about the Lord of God. I'm going to argue you a point. And really, what's crazy is because viewing it so much like a textbook, I was happy to argue either point. I just wanted to argue that I couldn't show you the love of Jesus from my life at all. And I wasn't interacting with the lost around me with love at all. Jesus wants their repentance and confession. He wants His people to love them. He wants love to the lost. But God, but God is so thankful for His redeeming comfort. I'm so thankful that even while His Word was just being mechanically taken in at times, it, like it wasn't going into my spiritual checking account. Like I couldn't, I couldn't spend it then. Like you know what I mean? Like I was taking God's word in. I was taking all this head knowledge in. Man, we we just like want to cram the head knowledge in at some point of our walk with God, and we think that's gonna that's gonna help us. And you know what? It will. It may not help us right then because it didn't me. I just packed in this head knowledge of the word of God, and I couldn't. So like my checking account, like I couldn't use it because I didn't have any way to use it except to argue. It. Don't matter. Point out flaws and hurt, and I show love. There he goes. No, Abba, Father, <laughs> wisely was building a trust fund, and the maturity date was determined by him. You see, like this book, there's been a, I confess to you, there's been a whole lot of me in the name of Jesus that has not been worth sharing for me. Some parts of me that were lost, I felt, that have been missed out on the blessings of the women, the promise keeper. <laughs> Saying, I don't care if we lose things about our Savior because we let parts of us cloud the way of the key. And we find ourselves like this pulpit, unable to get up on our own. Aren't you glad he's a redeemer? That He can lift us up. That He draws us out of ourself. That He forgives our sins. My father's building trust fund has been building trust fund to me in the maturity days. It's been determined by Him in the way that He has release it and allow me to spend it as I walk with Him and follow His Spirit is all determined by Him because He has lavished on me the great riches of His love through accountability and friendships of His people. <laughs> He's allowing me early retirement from the theology police. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no watch. <laughs> there's no watch. <laughs> um, it's not like Retirement, I thought of it. Because I still have a flashlight. 
but by His grace it shines on the glorious hope and message of the gospel. Under those same flaws that began as cynical, critical, sarcastic point. By His grace, I still have the weapon of my tongue. But He's given me His ammo. Love, listen to the ammo or the fruit as the word God. This is what we are to be about. This is the fleshing out of what loving those around us looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's just quietly doing it for me. Whose ammo do we have? Submit to his leading, and I draw my weapon. That's how it builds relationships, it restores the broken, and it brings life to opportunities and gospel sharing and demonstrating. Thank you, Father, for this great gift. God, thank you for this, this illustration that you allowed to break my heart this morning. God, I just pray that we continue in your word. Father, you would give us the grace to open our hearts to you this. As we take him into prayer, what's there is all the more important. As you take it into God, speak to us through your word. As we look at the gospel this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. All God's people have said. Amen. Amen. If you're used to regular form, you think I'm done and we're going home, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to share with you these, uh, these things. This is kind of the end of this. Opening, I just felt like I was time to the father there. Um, these are the, the four G's given to us by God and Tim, Tim Chester. And, and it could have easily been Tim Holly. It, it doesn't matter. They really helped me in this walk. Uh, God has really, in the last several years, began to just lovingly, graciously go to work on me. And, and before I say, I hope you're noticing my intentional language, he's began. I'm not done. <laughs> I have not arrived. Uh, I am broken and miserable in the confession and repentance daily. Because it is glorious. The Spirit shows me what's wrong in me. But these help. So if we could put those up on the screen. I just want to walk through them for a minute. And again, just kind of, just kind of weigh on me. Let me sink in. Okay? I don't know what areas of life you struggle with in here. But all four of these... I struggled with. And I'll, I'll briefly talk about them, and then we'll get into our text. I'm preaching a real short passage, so 
uh, we're on God's time, but I'll, I'll try to be brief. But first one is God is great. So we don't have to be in control. My main source of anger and frustration is my lack of control. And that gets shown in relationship with my children more than anything. My frustration is that I am not in control, and so I will lash out in anger. I, I do that in circumstances, and, and I've even done that in my walk with God. But God is great. So we don't have to be in control. Number, number two here, the second one is God is glorious. So we don't have to fear others. Fear drives a lot of problems. A lot of Maybe pride-based, or maybe, maybe reaches further into fear and into anger. To me, it's, it's been that fear has reached into anxiety, and which has turned into worry, which I'm out of control, so now here I am back to anger. That's just, that's just how I've, I've been dealing with this in a bad way. Uh, and I want to confess that to you this morning. But, but God is glorious. So we don't have to fear others. This was the mantra of the early church. This is what... Power acts into reaching all of Asia in two years is they told them to quit preaching and what did they do? They kept preaching. They told them we're going to beat you. They preached. We told them we're going to take your lives. They preached. God is glorious. And when we bask in the weight of that and, and take in all of that from Him that He has to give us, we come to the assurance that there is now no one to fear. This is glorious. God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere. We try to find redemption in a lot of things. Uh, in January, uh, a lot of us did something called uh, New Year's resolutions. That's with the hope and thought that the next year of me is going to be better than the last year of me. Can I help you? No one offers us redemption or a better us than God. God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere. And then last is God is gracious. And this one can be the hardest. So we don't have to prove ourselves. God doesn't need a theology police. He is the living, breathing, triune, omnipotent God. And His Spirit will convict and speak to me just like it will convict and speak to you. I don't have to defend God. He calls us to stand in His strength. But I can give you a laundry list of men and women that are no longer serving the King. This started with a conversation. What do, you, what do you think about what God says here in Genesis? Be careful. Paul said. We, we must be careful. We must. Brothers, my discipleship group, we, we, we've been in this round. We must be careful. God is gracious. We have nothing to prove. Only a king to bring glory to by how he leads us to do so. Wow. Those four really help me. Um, this does all work together. Um, because the biggest thing that this has hindered in my life uh, for the years has been the gospel. The gospel. If I could speak briefly, we'll do it again in a moment at a greater length. The gospel is not step A of our Christianity. And then the rest follows. 
The gospel is the A to Z of Christianity. Our entire faith hinges and swings and drips with the truths of the gospel. And so that has been a problem in my life. That's why these areas have needed correction. That's why I'm confessing to you this morning that these were areas that God has worked in me is so that maybe, just maybe the way that, that you are hearing this morning, God's Spirit is also showing you some areas that you could confess and repent and you come back in the fellowship. And we're going to look at you, child of God, we're going to look at even the, the power of the gospel that I have needed to see. And as an associate pastor, I don't always get the chance to preach out. So you know, some of you think I'm crazy. We're going to address that. In detail this morning. We've got about four hours left. Dig it. All right. Here we go. I'm going to skip what I was just fixing to do. Let's just jump in. Heading next month into uh, time uh, will be a special emphasis on what it looks like to be a missional people. Next month is missions month. Okay, so uh, I think it's very important for us to have clarity of the gospel and its impact on our lives, uh, the hope that it brings, and the lifetime of joy that we can walk in because of the gospel. Amen? Amen. So open your Bibles to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. I'll be starting next week. We'll have uh, Eric Bass will be here next week. He's uh, in Saudi Arabia. See how God is usually coming in there. Next week will be, next month will be an emphasis on on that. Uh, I'm doing a, I took on a uh, spirit-led challenge that I'm I'm failing at. So if you have undertaken a challenge and you're failing, just know your partner's in that. Uh, uh, God led me to a Bible reading plan that was to read the Bible in 90 days. So show, turn it through anywhere from 12 to 20 chapters of the Bible a day. Uh, I am 11 days behind. But I'm, I'm but hey, to me that's like, you know, you're looking at this guy used to run track. 11 days behind him. Let's, let's just go blog, blog. But, but what it is, I had this conviction to just read and take in and let God say what He said, but not to dig in and study. Do that later, but just, man, just read, just turn. And it is amazing what God has allowed to fly off the pages of that pace. And this is uh, the fruit of that. In Psalm 67, you're there, I'm still talking. But Psalm 67, I've got to go, we're, we're, we're late on time. And God be merciful unto us, and bless us, and cause His face to shine upon us. Say so, That the way may be known upon earth. By saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. Verse 1, we see, be merciful. We hear the psalmist repeat this, this blessing that the Lord gave Moses to tell Aaron to pray over the people of Israel. This is the ironic blessing that he prayed in number 6, that God gave to him in number 6. It says, be merciful. It's not a word for word, but it's first two verses. Be merciful. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be enough if God was just merciful? If God didn't give us what we have deserved. If He was just merciful, that would be amazing. David 
inspirational. The comments that bless us. Be, be pleased with us. <laughs> that the passage there caused his face to shine upon us. To, to God. Think, get this picture. God to turn his face upon us. To be pleased with us. It's as if he's talking to his people. Okay? A, a redeemed child of God. And he said, Be merciful unto us. Has God been merciful unto you? Bless us. And cause thy face to shine upon us. And then he says sailor, which is a musical term. It means a pause, but the, the, the cool thing about it is it's, it's an indefinite amount of time. When, it, when a song leader, remember back in the old days, power in the blood, there's pop, 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 you used to work on me. And then a guy, that jerk song leader, would hold that note <laughs> and, and then he'd go and nobody knew when he was starting and you're like, oh, it's a train wreck. <laughs> He was implementing Salem. That's an indefinite term of pause in music. <laughs> but it's used not only for musical purposes, it's used so that the singer, the reader, can think about what he's just heard. God be merciful with us and bless us, cause his face to shine upon us. The blessing, turning his face upon us. I want you to see, and you're going to wrestle with this in your mind for a minute. I really believe you are. Because this is not what I've been talking about. That if God were standing here before still, God would say, This is my beloved son. Not because of anything skipped but because he's in Christ. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yet I live. Not I, but Christ liveth in me. Stand before your God as a son or a daughter. Let the guilt drop with the power of the gospel that he would stand before you this morning, knowing what you may have already done this morning, and say, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Verse 2 says that thy way may be known. His way is the gospel. The story of Scripture paints a people that God used to bring about a Savior. But even that people that He used, He separated them to show His holiness. It was just to show His holiness, to show what was coming, like the Savior that's coming. He's not military. He's not political. He's the Messiah. He's separate. He's different. He's holy. That thy way may be known as saving Health among the nations. Right here in Psalm 67. 
the Abrahamic promise he gave to Abraham, I'm going to make you a blessing, just to the Jews, to all nations, because of Jesus. Everywhere, every day, in all we do, this is our missional purpose. We're having mission emphasis month next month, and that's really a great thing because it pushes our heart to see the sacrifices God has called other people to make. But the truth of it is, there is no sixth man in the body of Christ. Nobody gets off the bench and comes in for a little bit and then goes back. We're all starters, we're all on the field. God uses all of us. All of us, everywhere. Tim, you don't work for a radio shop. You work for the King of Kings. Michael, you don't work at Waterburger. You work for Jesus. Shirley, you're not a crossing guard. You're a servant of the Most High God. It doesn't matter where your, your, your occupation is. It doesn't, that's why I'm a jerk about the church building. Because for so long we separated. This is where we come to meet God. And in our living room it's what we do what we want. Every blade of grass cries out. We are for the King. And that's what He wants from us. So that His way may be known upon the earth. A saving health among the nations. The entire Word of God is a missional directive. <coughs> a people of God that cannot be separated and segmented into parts of our lives. We cannot say, I'm going to the church if it means that we don't live or act like it when we're not at the church building. Break free from that. Let the gospel free you and show you that you have a purpose. You have a missional directive from the King of Kings. And it's to be the gospel everywhere. Verse 3 through verse 7 are the results. <laughs> Let the people praise thee, O God. Not just the people. Let all the people praise thee. There have been some that have, have visited among us and have talked about uh, throughout the years. Why do y'all sing so much? I remember when the Railsbacks first came, they were like, are you kidding me? Stand me. <laughs> wow. God's posture of legs doesn't really matter. If you need to sit while you sing, then do that. But we sing because we are praising our King. Amen. We have something to sing because of what He has redeemed us. Because He is the waymaker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. And in that, He's called us into Him. And so we, through Him, the leading the Spirit, are the light in the darkness. We point to the promise keep. Okay, I'm out of time, man. There's junior church people in the hallway. Uh, five says, let the people praise thee. Oh God, let all the people praise thee. Verse four, he talked about he's going to judge the people. But not just judge the people. He's going to judge the people righteously. Verse six says, then shall the earth yield her increase of God. Even our God shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear. Uh, everywhere in all the world. People shall fear him. Not all people, but everywhere in all the world, people shall fear him. And this points to the promise that there will come a day when all people do fear him and praise him. So, this last thing I want to throw up here, uh, because this, this is really, God has really used this in my life and helped me with this. So, this is, this is the thought of 
important it is to uh, not understand the gospel. Okay? I think with Missions Month coming, um, it is very important that we have clarity on the gospel and the impact of it on our life. Um, it's small, I understand that. I'll read quickly through there what it is that you're missing. Because I have said things in the past couple times I've preached, like, uh, and even this Wednesday Night Bible study, which if you guys have been a part of Wednesday Night Bible study, wow, define, talking about our image of God, our, we are image bearers, and because of that, God gives us our identity, not anything else that tries to. Um, and so this, this has helped me in that area as well. So what you see here is you have we've got time, and then there's a point of our conversion. Okay? At the point of that conversion, what begins to happen in our life is that we begin to get a growing awareness of God's holiness. How many of you have been walking with the Lord for 20 years plus in here this morning? 20 years plus. <laughs> this June is 20 years for me. Pray the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you notice that I've been walking with the Lord? Now, I, I want you to understand this. It's very possible that you've been a believer for a long time and you're not aware of these things as well because it is possible uh, to miss the understanding of what the gospel seeks to do in our lives and so therefore be saved for 40 years but still be shackled with like guilt and shame and stuff like that. That's possible. Uh, I would call those lovingly that's, that's a gray-haired baby Christian. And I mean that with every ounce of love that's in my heart. It is only by the grace of God that anyone is not that. Okay? I'm just saying. Yes. So, we get a growing awareness of God's holiness. That's the upslope. The low slope says this. It's a growing awareness of my sinfulness. So, if you heard, you've heard me say things like, uh, I was forgiven at the cross. You were forgiven at the cross. Romans 5 says, we have been justified. The, the root word of justify, the Greek word that says, I justified. It means like, not like I forgive you what you've done, but like, you've never been guilty. That's how, that's, that's why we can stand and God would say, you're my beloved son, you're more pleased. But we struggle with these areas. I've made statements like, I'm not identified as a sinner any longer. I am a son of God. You are a son of God, and you are a daughter of God. That is our identity. Okay? That is who we are. If I died today, standing in the presence of God, justified because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I am a child of God. The middle section is interesting, and it's where my confession to you is really rooted and based in. Do I still sin? It becomes evident more and more every day how, how wretched I am. But it's freely, fully forgiven. I can rest in the knowledge of the gospel that I have been forgiven of every sin that He's going to point out to me because my sanctification said He's going to draw me from glory to glory. The closer I get to God, the more I'm going to see what I'm not and who He is. But because of the cross, because of the shed blood of Jesus, His death and His burial and His resurrection, which by the way is the gospel, I'm going to see that that doesn't have to hold me down. That the cross, the, 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 you see the cross doesn't, doesn't grow. It doesn't, it doesn't get bigger in my life. That, that triangle represents our life in the middle and the cross, the cross stays the same. On the bottom side, because of our awareness of sinfulness, here's what holds me back. Guilt. 
fear, shame, insecurity. And all of those lead to despair. I want you to know that God has forgiven you. He has freely, fully forgiven you at the cross. You are going to sin and God is going to point out your sin. And one of the marks of a true disciple is to repent and confess. That's just it. That is one of the marks of a true disciple. To repent of the things that God shows to you, confess them, but rest in the victory that you already have. On the upslope, being aware of God's holiness, the thing that keeps the cross or the gospel from getting big in my life, that keeps it the same level it's been for the past 20 years, somebody is hearing that louder than others, is religion. Moralism. It's a list. Do this and don't do this and you'll be okay. Self-justification. Legalism. A problem.
observations for finding. Who you are, what you have done. 